creator and all things belong to him and he is the son and all things are inherited by him. And it's kind of, it's, it's amazing, but he, he has a double claim to everything because he's the creator of everything, so he owns everything. And he's the son, so he inherits everything. And so that's pretty amazing. I mean, he just, he's got it every way he goes here. So he owns the breath we breathe. He owns the world we reside upon. He owns our bodies, our minds, our hearts. They are already his. That's what we have to grasp. It, it, look, we think we can give them to him. They're already his. If he doesn't have them, we're stealing them from him. And so, uh, this being understood, and hopefully it is, this leads us to chapter 2. So look at chapter 2, in uh, verse 1, it says, Therefore, we ought to give the mourners heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him, God also bearing them witness, both with signs and wonders and with divers miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost and according to his own will. Uh, this, is, this is amazing. I, you know, I'm not going to take very many uh, verses here because these, these really are so powerful. But, but uh, the, you know, I, I like a lot of things, uh, kind of look at things you know, as a court case and, and testimony. And this is so classic here. It's, it's, it, I just love it. But chapter 2 begins with therefore. Therefore, we know, uh, connects us what's going on before and, and what's been said before and what's been, uh, what's been laid out to us before. And the, uh, the word therefore normally sums up whatever's gone on before. And so what we saw before was that Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is incarnate, God in the flesh, uh, God incarnate. Uh, we see Jesus is not just a son, but the only begotten Son of God. We we see that Jesus is above man and angels, and Jesus is the creator of all things. These are, this is what we see in, in chapter 1. We see that, the, that salvation comes only through Jesus Christ and is purchased by him. Now, look at verse 1. Look at verse 1 of chapter 2. It says, therefore, because we've seen all this, because we've seen who Christ really is, therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard. Lest at any time we should let them slip. Now that word slip means to allow something to bypass us. Just to, uh, uh, the actual definition says to float passively by. Uh, you know, that's, that's really uh, the appearance or the thought process of just being nonchalant about it. You just, you really don't care. Just let it go by. And uh, it pictures the callousness and disregard. It. it demonstrates the lack of importance it has to us. And, and so uh, God says that, you know, look, if you're not careful, you'll let this, this truth uh, slip right by you. This, he said everything that, the reality, do, do you understand Jesus Christ is God? Amen. Do you understand that he is the Savior of the world? Amen. Do you understand that he created all things and own all things? And he says, do you understand all this? Now, don't let that just, just blow by you. Amen. Don't let it just... In big deal. God said, this is... This. Hey, you know what? He said, this is a big deal. It really is a big deal. 
And so it means, uh, you know, to, to let it slip means to, to carelessly let it slip by. Uh, but instead, he says, we're not to carelessly let it slip by. We're to earnestly heed or yield to it. Now, earnestly means more abundantly, more exceedingly, much more, more frequent, more earnest. God says, look, instead of just letting it, just, instead of just taking it as a, uh, with a grain of salt and just kind of letting it fly by again, letting this incredible truth we just saw, he said, I just laid this out to you in this whole chapter, and I gave it all to you. And he said, now, he said, uh, so many people are just kind of like, oh, okay. And God says, no, 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 no. He said, what you need to do right now is get focused. He said, you need to be paying real attention right now and let this come on in. Now, since we've heard in chapter 1, what we've heard in chapter 1 is a reality. Anybody believe it's a reality? And if we believe the reality of Christ and his salvation, then we should more exceedingly heed to it or set our mind upon this truth. And that's really what God's saying. Uh, if we really believe this reality of who Christ is, and we really believe in the salvation, the reality of his salvation, he said we ought to give exceeding heed to it. I, folks, I, I'm going to get way ahead of myself, but God, what he's saying is, instead of taking our salvation so nonchalantly and going about life, fulfilling our own pleasure, he says we ought to be doing something with it. And earnestly doing something with it. You know, okay, that... Uh, wasn't planning on saying this, but, but you know, that's why it's important to have a missions conference so that it'll just light a fire back into us that we ought to be doing something with our salvation. You say, well, no, it's about us giving to people for the mission. Yeah, and that's, yeah, if your salvation is real, don't you want anybody else to have it? Don't you want the rest of the world to have it? And they can't go give it unless somebody gives. And let me just say this. I don't say it a whole lot, but folks, giving shows where your heart is. Hmm? So if you're holding instead of giving, that means your heart's on you, not on your salvation in Jesus. Didn't mean to go there, but all right. We should seriously be thinking about Jesus, who he is, and his salvation, but we, we must not let that reality of who he is slip by. A reason, a reason given to us uh, as to why we should not let it slip, then God's going to give us a reason. Now, uh, God's so logical, he's going to give us a reason. Now, he's gonna, I'm going to emphasize to you why you shouldn't let it slip. Now, you, you know, here's the way he does it. God says, he throws it out there and says, I've given you a whole chapter telling you who Jesus is, how important it is. He said, and I'm telling you that just because of who he is and because you understand that reality, you should not let it slip by you who he really is and how important it is to tell other about people about who he is and how important it is to help other people, support other people, to tell people about who he is. He said, not only that, he said, now I'm going to give you a reason in addition addition why you ought to not let it slip look at verse 2 he said for if the word spoken by angels was steadfast and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward 
You say, what in the world does that mean? Well, uh, well, first of all, every word of the law of God was given to man. And, and if you go through the scripture, uh, you'll find a whole lot of times it talks about the angel of the Lord. And, and, and what, that's really what it's talking about here, spoken by angels. There's a lot of times that angels spoke to us. But the angels weren't doing anything but doing what Jesus told them to do. Doing what God directed them to do. It's not like they had any power. They're, they are, they are the, the just they're tools of God. And so... Um, but so they came, they spoke many, many times through the scripture, and it's amazing almost. Uh, I think the term angel of the Lord used uh, uh, 79 times. And so that's part of what it's talking about. And he's saying it was steadfast. And so it's going to last forever. It, you know, fast, it, steadfast means it's going to, it's going to continue to exist. It's not going to, it's not going to be taken away. It's going to continue to exist. And so, uh, he says that lasts forever. And he's, but this, then he says every transgression and disobedience throughout time has received a just recompense of reward. Simply put, here's what God said. Numbers 32, 23 he says, but if you will not do so, behold, you have sinned against against the Lord and be sure your sin will find you out. What God's saying, he's saying, listen, listen, if you don't take seriously your salvation, there's only one other, there's no middle ground. You're either with God and you're going with God or you're going with the world. You're either with God and you're going with God or you're going with self. And God says, watch this now, understand this. Look, everything the angel said, that's steadfast. That's going to last, he said. But understand this also. God said, be sure your sin will find you out. He said, every sin, every transgression, it came to us just recompense. Don't think you're going to get away. And you say, well, well, you know, if I don't make, you know, make a big deal about my salvation, is that somehow that's wrong? Yeah. Yeah, and God says, watch this now. If you, if you don't make something important, pretty soon it's going to vanish away. You do what's important to you. You really do. Amen. Sin has always and will always come into God's just judgment. The emphasis is made and stressed, and now God becomes pointed in his challenge slash rebuke to us. So we really see a case being presented and made before us. Now, I'm going to just kind of lay this out in these, these just verses you see, but here's what you first see. You first, there is a testimony of the facts. That's verse 1. We have a testimony of the facts. Let me read it to you again. Well, I'll read it right here. It says, therefore, we ought to give more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. And I say, now that's referenced in verse 1, but it's really all of chapter 1. So what we see is there's a, there's a statement of the facts. Second, there's a challenge from the judge for us to take heed to the statements for he's trying to make sure we understand the credibility of the witness has been established. That's what he says. He said, do you understand? He said, everything that I told angels to say, it's lasted and it will last. And he said, and everything I said is going to be judged, it gets judged. That's pretty credible, credible witness. He said, third, there are additional witnesses. And I love this. There are additional witnesses. If we read this, listen to this. For if the word spoken by angels, verse 2, 
was steadfast and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense and reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which, look at this, which is the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto, them, unto us by them that heard him. Do you understand that the witnesses, the first witness to everything that's being said here, the first witness to the truth that God's about to give us and is giving us is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the first witness. He's the first one to give testimony. And after him, the disciples and the apostles who heard what he said, they give testimony of what he said. And if you want to understand, that's, that's commonly reported because these men, these women, heard him say it. They saw him do it. They watched him. They heard him. They, they, so these are, some, these are witnesses. Now finally, this is incredible, finally, Almighty God is a witness. Look at verse 4. God also bearing them witness both with signs and wonders and with divers miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. Now, folks, can you imagine walking into the courtroom and I say, and the judge says to me, what witnesses do you have? And I say, oh, excuse me, I got Jesus Christ, I got his disciples, and I got God. How do you think I'm going to do? That's incredible. So this is evidence and testimony that leads us to the challenge. So the challenge is verse 3, and when it says, How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? You see, we've got to see the importance of the case that's presented to us. And God's already made it clear that everything he says, it's going to happen. Whether it's what he said positively or what he said negative. I mean, whether it's judgment or whether it's a, a promise of a blessing. It's going to happen. So we've been given all the facts of the case. We've established that the witnesses are credible and truthful. We've heard the testimony of Jesus Christ. We've heard the, the testimony of those who heard him and followed him. We've heard and seen the testimony of Almighty God through his word, through his power, through his protection, his provision throughout the history of man and today in our present lives. We, can, we continue to see the testimony of Jesus Christ. We continue to see the testimony of all God Almighty in the, in the incredible things that he does in our lives. And watch this. Even in, the, in this letter we have called the book of Hebrews, we continue to see the testimonies of those who heard him. Right. So not only have every transgression and disobedience ultimately, not only do they ultimately receive a, a recompense of their reward, but also I believe we, we, the principle we see that we see that the faithful receive. If our eyes and ears and hearts are open, we all see the, the mighty hand of God working in our church right now. And I'm talking about as a whole and in, as, as in, the, in the families, individual families specifically. I came here two and a half years ago, and, and I've told you, you know, one of the things we're going to do, we're going to pray the Lord of the harvest. Pray the Lord of the harvest that he has sent forth laborers. 
you know, you have to be blind, but God is, if you haven't seen it, but God has been sending forth laborers. We were at our house there, we had the ladies meeting, and, and there at my house, we didn't have a men's meeting, we had food. And we had bunches of food, and we had the right kind of food. It was about seven different kinds of meat. But we're sitting there all, big circle there, and people in chairs around, and I suddenly realized that more than half of the men sitting there weren't here two years ago. That's incredible. You see, I believe it's a miracle that God's sending out missionaries from us in the last two years. You'd have to be totally blind to, to, see what, to, to not see what God has done with a family that's over in Ghana right now. But that's not the... We got the Thompsons. They came to us and now are going to be part of us and joining with us and going to Romania. Amen. And we got to, in November, Patrick, Juju, <laughs> Jababe or something. I don't know. Patrick's coming in November. They're going to be with us for a month and be going through training and, and getting ready and, and going to Germany. And listen, folks, let me tell you, it, it's not stopping there. It's beginning here. We're seeing souls saved. I, you know, we have a little food bank. We see souls saved every week just through our food bank. Seeing families reach for Christ. And listen, I, I, I just got to say, then we get to witness with our own eyes God's promise to faithfulness. Amen. As I've watched, I've watched God put on the heart of God's people to meet the needs of Mike and Brooke and their family. Amen. A family that gave up everything for God. And I don't know if you understand this, but I, I think it's been about four times now that they've made a home, acquired their things for their home, and had to walk away from it. Because you don't bring it home from Africa. You don't bring it home from overseas. And they came back this last time with about 10 suitcases. And now God's putting on the hearts of people to go beyond their even their means. To supply them. Can I tell you, that's God moving in the heart of God's people. Now, when you, and I just, I just say to you, please, let me beg you, 
if, if, if I come here and die here, if I can get one thing across, God will take care of you. I sat and watched, and I shouldn't even say it, but I sat and watched Brooke sit on the floor and look at the things that were brought to her the other night. And I sat and watched her cry, and then she said this. She said, you know, this morning I was struggling because somebody had sent her a new picture of, of their baby. And she said, I'm struggling because that baby was about, would have been about the same as little Asa Daniel. And as she sat there with what God had provided for her, just starting, and this is just, I mean, I don't even know if everybody knows, but I mean, you know, brand new things for them to have for, for their kitchen and for their, just incredible, and then, and then, a family that lives in our neighborhood is giving them a, is is bonus. I don't know when tomorrow go to a, a storage unit because they have an entire house furnishings. It almost makes you think there was a God. <laughs> and when you see these kind of things happen, this is what God's talking about when he, when he says, he says, oh, what my son Jesus spoke to you and he continues to speak to you. He says, those that followed him, they wrote his words for you and testified of who he was. And, 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 and they testified of his salvation. They, they testified of what he can do. And then Almighty God says, if that's not enough for you, he said, I testify through my miracles, through my provision, through the things that I can do that only I can do. And we've had the opportunity, watch that. I mean, why in the world would young men move to Memphis to work? But God's moving people to Memphis. It's amazing. But God can do what we cannot do. And not God knows everything long before we, we do. And. It's just, what can I say is, he says, so how can we neglect so great a salvation? How? How can we let that go by? Salvation purchased by Christ and testified by God himself and salvation that brings with it the promises of God and the blessings of God. Neglect means to be careless of, to make light of, to, 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 to disregard. Now listen to me. Most 
who even hear me right now consider this challenge. And, and here's what happens when we hear this. How should we? And we say, well, I, I didn't. I got saved. I didn't neglect it. I got saved. But folks, this verse means so much more than that. Yeah, that's, a, that's initially, I mean, that's, that's really neglecting it when you reject it. But God is, when it's talking about, he's not talking about rejecting it. He's talking about something that you have that you neglect. It means that we take, God's saying, you need to take advantage of your salvation. Make the most of your salvation. Uh, uh, live out your salvation. Tell others about your salvation. God says that what you have, now don't neglect it. Do something with it. And I think it's best explained in 1 John chapter 1. Because here's what God said. I think this First John chapter 1, verse 1, he, he, he really explains how it is he wants us not to neglect. What he really wants to do, he says, in verse John chapter 1, verse 1, it says, That which from the beginning which we have heard. Remember the testimony? He said, we've heard about it. Which we have seen with our eyes, the secondary testimony of those that followed him which we have looked upon and, and our hands have handled of the word of life. For the life was manifested and we have seen it and bear witness and show unto you that eternal life, that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested unto us, that which we have seen and heard declare we unto you. Listen, this is what he really means. He's saying, look, if you've seen it, if you've heard it, and you've accepted it, start declaring it. He said that you ye also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship was with the Father and with the, his Son, Jesus Christ. And what, listen to this. And, and these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. God wants us to have full joy, but he wants us to not neglect our salvation so that we live out our salvation so somebody else will see our salvation, so we speak out our salvation, so somebody else will hear our salvation. Why? So their joy will be full also. So don't neglect it. That when it, when it, the, the downward, listen, most of the churches today, they're looking for the enthusiasm of the music, the enthusiasm of the performance, the enthusiasm, everything's going on. But let me tell you where the true zeal really is in a church, and you can tell when it's starting to die and diminish. The zeal is in living out and speaking out your own salvation. They were eyewitnesses, and they were commonly reporting what they had seen and heard. They bear witness. They testify to what they have seen and heard. They declare. They announce. They bring word of. They report. They tell. You understand? It's every form you can, and somehow it's going to go tell people. It's going to go report to people. It's going to bring word to people. 
going to announce to people, what are we trying to do? Trying to bring the truth to people to convince them of the truth that they might have joy in Jesus. The word testifies to us of these witnesses, and we have been charged to do the same. We have been changed and should have joy. Now it's up to us to testify that others might have joy. And that's what I believe these first four verses are really saying. God said, here's the courtroom. Here's all the facts of the case. Here's the witnesses. Let's give you the witnesses. Let them testify. And so now he said, Case is proven. What are you going to do with it? We've proven the case. Now what are you going to do with it? What are we going to do with it? Don't look at me like this. (laughs) I'm going to say it again, and you'll hear me say it's nine million more times, Lord willing, but folks, everybody can give out one somewhere to somebody. Everybody can smile at somebody. Everybody can show forth their salvation. You say, do I have to go talking about it everywhere I go? Listen, I'm telling you, if you'll just act like you have full joy, somebody's going to notice something's wrong with you. Because you're so different from everybody else they deal with. And listen, I, I think, hopefully, when they say something to you, or when they're at least kind to you, or when they're at least not just shunning you, when you're friendly to them, I think it would not hurt to just say, you know what? you mind if I hand you this and you have some time later you could read it? That's all I'm asking you to do. Hand it to them. And look, folks, there's nothing like it. It's incredible because it's got some really beautiful people on there. <laughs> Everybody. Amen? That's what I believe he's teaching us here. He said, if you don't, if you, if we live and we don't, we're not full of joy, if we live and we're down and discouraged, if we lived and we never want to tell, let nobody ever knows we're saved, what he says, you've neglected, you let your salvation just go right by. And you let the salvation that was in, in you pass everybody else by. Don't neglect it. Amen? Amen. Can everybody smile at me for a second? (laughs) Tricia, even you and your car still broke down? Is it still broke down? God bless you. I keep thinking there ought to be something I can do. Can you give her your car? (laughs) Are you having a way to get to work right now? 
Pitch. <laughs> okay. All right. Brother Bob, you close us in prayer. And Lord, we do thank you for this time that we've had tonight. Lord, thank you for the opportunity to pray for one another. Uh,